0: Welcome to the Sherlock's In Conversation podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. Today, I'm joined by Jess Ratcliffe, who in 2016 was forced to face her own mortality when she was diagnosed with a rare blood disease called PNH. In short, this meant only 1% of her blood cells were considered normal, making her a ticking time bomb if she didn't pursue regular long-term treatment. Already a steady entrepreneur with appearances on business competition Dragon's Den and the UK's version of Shark Tank under her belt, Jess decided to harness her own experiences to create the Ideas Coach and her now famous workshop Unleash Your Extraordinary, which has been taken by hundreds of employees at companies like Virgin, Salesforce and Saatchi and Saatchi to name a few. With her own podcast and YouTube channel, last year Jess pivoted to take her business purely online, bringing her vast range of tools and advice to anyone with an internet connection. Now, with a new year and third lockdown upon us, we thought it a good idea to chat to Jess about how people can manifest effective change in their lives, even from the comfort of their own homes. So welcome,
1: Jess. Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: There's so much to talk about. Obviously, lockdown kind of adds a a whole other dimension to what you do. But first of all, talk to me about both your diagnosis and the ideas coach. How do they come about hand in
1: hand? So they really are hand in hand, actually. So about five years ago now, five years ago this month, actually, I was diagnosed with PNH, as you mentioned in the intro, which basically means that out of nowhere, I suddenly went from feeling the healthiest I'd ever been, having lived in San Francisco for a little bit and, you know, eating all the lovely food and started rock climbing and doing what I thought was healthy activities, and then come back and after a long on and off investigation into what we initially thought was just low iron levels it turns out that I had this one in a million ultra rare and life-threatening blood disease which I just never saw coming basically and it completely threw me for a loop completely changed my life and perspective on life in an instant really and I remember specifically Being diagnosed over the phone because it was sort of happening over the Christmas time, and so a lot of it was happening over phone calls. And writing down the long name of proximal nocturnal hemoglobinuria, googling it, which you definitely shouldn't. It's also really hard to Google because it's a bloody long name. I just remember reading on one of the first websites that came up, it was a John Hopkins website, that the median survival rate after diagnosis is 10 years. And I was 25 at the time. And so I was sitting there thinking crikey like if I had 10 years what do I want to do how do I want to be spending my time like what if I started to live even if that stat wasn't true and let's hope it isn't Mm -hmm. you know what if I started to live that way and so at first I started with Unleash Your Extraordinary which as you mentioned was a workshop where I'd go into companies or run it at conferences and events really just to try and help people realize that life is short which sounds like the craziest thing but I think so often until something happens, we just forget that it is short and fragile and can change in a phone call or, as we've all collectively experienced, can you know go from normality to complete lockdown in a matter of weeks and months. And so really starting that workshop was my way to try and combine the wake-up call I had from my diagnosis and this newfound fearlessness I'd found really because once you do face your mortality there's not much that scares you you know suddenly public speaking didn't feel so scary compared to starting treatment or you know learning about the disease that I have and then long story short after doing that workshop for a few years it really dawned on me that actually what I really love is helping people make their ideas happen so really getting clarity on what they want in life But then building the mindset and action plan to make that happen, which really takes the essence of Unleash Your Extraordinary, but also then my background as an entrepreneur and in product development and combines that to become the ideas coach, which is really more the brand, I guess. And then Unleash Your Extraordinary is my signature course that allows me to, as you say, connect with anyone with an internet connection and help them get clear on what they want and then start making it happen because life is short.
0: People who have taken your course have called you the female Tony Robbins and you've been compared to Brene Brown. I mean these are pretty weighty comparisons. Take us back to that very first course other than just you know wanting to really emphasize to people that life is short what are
1: the principles
0: what are you teaching people what is it exactly that you were trying to get across
1: so for me exactly as you say it was that life is short but also what do we do with that you know because it's like yeah okay Jess life is short but like what do I do next and for me it was really teaching but also sharing the steps that I took having gone from you know sitting at that computer where I'd googled PH and learned that I you know potentially had 10 years to taking that absorbing it thinking holy heck like what do I do with this and how do I start actually building the person I want to be because one thing I realized in that time when I did first hear the news of my diagnosis is that as much as I've been trying to be happy I just wasn't my happiest self by any means and I feel particularly I'd always been destined to do my own thing and so when I wasn't I just felt unfulfilled and like I was really just a slither of my full self but that I wasn't acknowledging that because change is scary and to acknowledge it then means that you have to take actions that fix that really and so for me it's not just about waking people up to what they truly want but then actually giving them the tools so I created this mindset called the testing mindset which really builds on this idea that we can see the stories we tell ourselves as assumptions to be tested rather than facts to be believed Mm-hmm. So like the who am I's or, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? Instead of hearing those in ourselves and thinking, oh, okay, right, well, I'll, I'll put that off then or I won't try. For me, it was about pulling them out and testing them like assumptions, like we do when building products, which is my background. You know, you take an idea and you go out and you get feedback on it or you test it with potential customers and iterate your way there. And so for me, really what I've been doing over the last five years is iterating on myself to become the person that I want to be. And so I not only share that idea and story in the workshops and now in the course, but also the actual how that I went about doing it and how I started the workshop working with companies like you mentioned, Virgin, Salesforce and Saatchi and Saatchi, but also really Going from absolutely hating public speaking to then speaking quite often in front of hundreds of people and actually seeing it as something where I'm stretching myself and to do that is a way that I can challenge the fear telling me that this is going to be terrifying, but also on the other side of taking that action of speaking on stage it does change who you are and it shows you what is possible when you challenge those fears. So for me, a long answer, but it's really about (laughs) giving the tools and kind of showing the way just based on really being quite open and vulnerable about how I've done it and the mistakes that I've made, but also why I stayed stuck for so long and why it took a life-threatening situation and diagnosis to actually say I'm not happy and I'm going to do something about this now because time might be finite and it is finite for all of us mm. but I just certainly wasn't living that way it's quite meta isn't it that the thing that you had to realize was then
0: the thing that is teaching other people how to realize isn't it <laughs> yes yes. Yeah. what is the number one thing that people come to you with you know the one thing that people want to change is it jobs is it you know romance like what is do you find and presumably this has changed a bit over the last year the one thing that people feel stuck in the most
1: i'd say it's a mix of career and business so there might be someone that is super ambitious in their career but they feel like they're not yet reaching that next step and they don't know how to change that but also in business it could be that they've got their business to a certain point Mm point. But they're ready to also really step into that next level. And really what joins both of those is that it's people who have an idea that they want to make happen. But fear is stopping them from daring to say, right, I'm going for that. Whether it's I'm going to go for that promotion or I'm going to go for that project or speak up in that team meeting or start that new business idea or change the business I currently have to where I really want it to go. And actually this oddly kind of comes to life in me in the last So a few months we've had of lockdowns and things because, because of PNH, I'm in the extremely clinically vulnerable category. Mm. So I've been shielding. And the craziest thing is that really, I now realize this whole time since starting Unleash Extraordinary back in 2017. I've wanted to reach more people, you know, and be able to scale what I do. And yet I'd got into this comfort zone of doing workshops. And it was only when that wasn't possible because it literally became even more life threatening (laughs) for me to stand in front of an audience of people and just simply not possible due to shielding. To then have that spark and need really to move the business online and to create the course. It's almost like this whole time. That's what I've really wanted the business to be to be able to reach people wherever they are because they can access the course rather than have to be in London at this certain company to come to the workshop that I'm running and yet I wasn't doing that until the nudge of lockdown kind of inspired me and somewhat forced me to do it i think lockdown has done that for a lot of people hasn't it yeah. it's it's
0: forced people to make uncomfortable choices and decisions and god to use the word pivot you know that that
1: everybody's been using but there are some benefits to that aren't there definitely because you know one thing i think lockdown has given us is quite literally time Mm -hmm. and before this you know and not necessarily time as in we have like bundles of it I mean we did maybe at the beginning when it was like what is going on in the world has just completely paused you know but of course with people homeschooling and things it's not like they have oodles of free time but it's Mm. more every activity that we were just doing on autopilot was paused you know we weren't able to go out for dinners anymore or go you know commuting into London or be doing just our normal activities and so as soon as that stops it almost allows us to take stock and think, do I actually miss what I was doing before? Like, you know, do I want that back in my life? And almost to come back, I think, with a new intention of what we want to say yes to and what we want to say no to going forward. It's a real chance to break down those things, isn't it, in a way that
0: we might never have done before. You might have just thought of it as your general lifestyle, but whether that's, you know, that you don't want to spend money on eating out or you don't like going to busy gym classes, you know, it's on a a superficial level like that. There are so many You know, different parts of our former lives that have been kind of open for
1: analysis now aren't there definitely and things we were just doing before because it was a habit or a pattern Mm -hmm. and for me that's really what my diagnosis gave me was like that break in the pattern because without it I'd probably still be working at the startup that I was in product living in San Francisco but ultimately I knew deep down even when doing that that I wasn't my happiest and that I wasn't really fulfilling my potential but that I was scared to take the leap and start a new business or you know kind of was trying to come up with an idea but not seeming to to have one and have the one that felt like the one and so to then have the diagnosis was really that moment of oh wow like I have to really pause here and take stock of everything
0: so we've obviously touched on the pandemic we'll come back to that afterwards but you know presumably the majority of people this 2020 aside who you speak to don't have that catalyst right they don't necessarily have that life-changing diagnosis or the global pandemic these are extremes so what are your tips for getting over that fear for almost galvanizing yourself when there is no external force yeah. to do so.
1: For me the biggest one is this idea of testing our assumptions and actually starting to notice them first of all because you know if someone listening feels like there's this thing I want to do this idea I want to start or a You know, book I want to write or video I want to record whatever it might be but they know that they're putting it off we know we're putting it off that's the thing that is crazy right we know we want to do it but we also know we're not doing it necessarily and so almost honing in first of all on what that idea is that they want to start or change that they want to make and then just starting to sit with it and think okay what are the assumptions that I can hear around this so as an example, when thinking about starting Unleash Extraordinary, the biggest one for me was who am I to do this, you know, to dare to go into companies and talk about my wake up call as if it's, you know, it's not like I'm the only person. I mean, there's only a few of us at BH, but I'm not the only person that has life experiences that wake you up. And then that narrative was something that I thought if I let that really stop me and block me from moving forward, what's the alternative? And suddenly harnessing that fear of trying it becomes the fear of not trying instead and so taking the when they think of that idea think of then what feels like the fear that is coming up for them the stories that they're telling themselves like what if it doesn't work what if I'm not good enough you know what might people think what if they laugh what if they roll their eyes and then starting to see them as experiments so how can we test those assumptions how can we take that fear and instead of seeing it as a fact that we just live into and believe but instead something where it's like okay, well, maybe if I'm thinking, who am I? The first step could be to draft out what the workshop looks like or to just practice recording that video or that first podcast episode, knowing it's something I might chuck away, but actually it's allowing me to challenge that fear and move forward rather than stay stuck by it. Would you
0: say then that your advice is to just start? I mean, people always say that, don't they, about writing a novel or whatever it might be, that you just have to just start, which sounds so basic, but, but it's that initial... that that makes a difference right?
1: It really is and I'd say start small as well because I think so often you know we think we have to do these big leaps and we think you know, confidence comes from doing these crazy big activities, but actually it's these iterative steps, you know, so it's, let's say someone has got an idea for a book, you know, it's grabbing your notebook, making a cup of coffee, which is my kind of go-to and just journaling or like writing what the outline of it might be or what you, you know, just kind of getting it going and flowing so that actually then you've already started. It doesn't become this big mountain that you're standing at the bottom of, looking at the top, thinking, how the heck do I get to the top of that? You know, you've got your backpack on and you're already setting your way up that mountain by even just starting exactly.
0: So what do you say then to people who, the thing that they're afraid of is failure? So I know obviously you're saying, you know, you don't have to look at the whole mountain, look at, look at or the whole ladder, let's call it, and, you know, look at each individual rung. But how do you get around the fear that actually, if the whole thing doesn't work, then, then you're just left with nothing, whatever that thing may be?
1: With failure, it's one of these things, that I think when we see the whole picture and the whole business or the whole whole idea is a thing that could ultimately fail. It almost prevents us from being able to see that there's so many small steps in between where we can iterate and change course. And that's why I think rather than these big leaps, I'm just such a big believer in these small iterative steps. You know, even as an example, a student at the moment who's going through the course is creating a new set of skincare products. And so one thing she's done is send them to me, even though I'm not necessarily the best to kind of give advice or give feedback, but just the act of sending it to me and and being able to say, actually, I've created these prototypes, let's say, I'm going to send them to people to get feedback. That allows her before declaring it as, you know, a brand new business or something that is like open and available to iterate and get feedback so that when she does launch it, it's already set up to be the best that it could be. And for me, when I think about failure, it definitely is something that when I look back, I've been terrified of for a long time, to be honest, because that business I started when I was 19, I would call it a failure, it didn't get to where I wanted it to get to. But what it also did lead to is where I am now. Like, there's no way that I would be able to do what I do now or have the business experience to start what I've started over the last three years, even have the network that I do. There's so many people, including Virgin, actually, that I met through that business that I started 10 years ago. And in fact, I used to set myself little challenges and I even cold emailed Richard Branson, which is how that relationship started. Did he reply? He did. Yeah. Amazing. Which was brilliant. And yeah, yeah. we then stayed in touch basically. And through that, that led to me knowing somebody on his team so that then, you know, fast forward what is really 10, 11 years later. And when I'm doing something completely different, that connection is still there to then be able to go in and run workshops for Virgin and I think if we can take this idea of failure and instead of thinking of it as, oh God, what if I try and fail? It really is that the only way to fail is to not try. And I know that is the biggest cliche in the world, but it's like if we think that failure is that we start something and it doesn't work, you would end up in the exact same position that you're in right now, having not started but even just by starting, it could take you so much further than you can even believe to be possible right now, because it's only when we're in it that we start to see the path unfolding in front of us
0: you almost need hindsight in advance don't you exactly
1: yeah obviously we've talked a bit about kind of
0: you know existential failure but what do you say to people when it's you know I'm scared of losing all my money or I'm scared you know when there are real practical risks associated with whatever that thing is they want
1: to do is it again just being micro about the process I'd say so you know that kind of idea of If that's a risk, you know, that really almost sounds like it's getting to the point of it being like gambling, really, right, where you could take a big bet, a big leap, and it might not work. So then you could lose everything. Instead of that, what are those small steps that allows you to feel and build confidence in what you're doing and in the fact that there's customers for your idea or, you know, an audience for your podcast or YouTube channel just to start building that confidence and feel even more focused, but also confident in yourself and your idea to then take those bigger bets if that's what you then want to do. But I really think it's just starting small so that with every single step, you're able to take stock, gather feedback, change course if you need to, or if you get feedback that it's like, this is bloody brilliant, then you just know that you're heading in the right direction.
0: Not everybody who is unhappy or feels stuck in where they are knows what it is they should be doing, right? Not everybody has that clear path that clear plan they just know that this job or this relationship or whatever it might be might not be right for them so where do those people start what do you say to
1: them with that and that's really where the course starts to be honest it's on the clarity getting clear on what it is that they do want and so often we can harness knowing so strongly what we don't want to highlight what we do and so one of the techniques and topics that we cover in the course is getting clarity on our values. So our values being what I call almost like our life's compass, you know, when we're living into them, we know that we're heading in the right direction. But when we're living out of them, that's when we feel frustrated, it's the opposite of feeling fulfilled. And as an example, one of my values is freedom. And so I know that when I was my frustrated, just diagnosed self, it's because I didn't have full freedom to be doing my own thing. You know, I had to absorb this news and then sort of just reintegrate my now new identity into my old identity because all of a sudden there's certain things that don't hold the same weight anymore and so what I'd say to people is if they're really in that position where they're feeling frustrated and they know they want to make a change but they really don't know what that change is yet to instead of fighting feeling frustrated use that as almost the starting point and like a detective looking for clues to see what is it that is actually making me feel stressed frustrated tense and how can I look at the opposite of that as something that might mean it's what makes me fulfilled. So because I felt quite stuck and trapped, both by my own fear, but also not doing my own thing, I could see that one of my values was freedom. And with that clarity, I could then from that point, ask myself, okay, so what would more freedom look like? You know, what, how can I bring that to life a little bit? Or another value for me is growth and impact. And another one, which I've added recently which sounds weird but I kind of realized I was so work focused that actually it's all right to have fun doing it too and really using that frustration to then look for the flip side which is fulfillment and jump into that from the lens of okay so what do I value which really are just kind of the broad strokes of what we care about in life and then we can harness those broad strokes to get more focused and more focused into what it might look like to be living into our values.
0: We spoke before about, you know, catalysts for,
1: for changing your life. And obviously, you know, we are,
0: if you want to phrase it this way, lucky enough to, to have lived through the pandemic, which, you know, alongside all obviously the terrible downsides has the positives of giving us that space to, to think about our lives. But obviously, the limitations of the pandemic are we can't really do a lot right now. So what is your advice to people who, you you know, have felt motivated to make a start on something or who are really desperate for, you know, let's call it a job change, right? That's an obvious thing that's difficult to do right now. What is your advice to people who feel stuck, but but are completely inhibited by the current situation?
1: Both when it comes to job search, but also starting something. If you're feeling that pull to make a change, but feel like, you know, the world is not normal right so job interviews can't feel the same or starting a business is at the moment probably pretty restricted to an Mm -hmm. online idea given that we don't know when you know if someone wants to open I'm going to completely make this up and I don't know why this is coming to mind but an (laughs) ice cream shop might be a little bit tricky (laughs) at the moment the thing for me is I would say allow yourself the time in this kind of world that we're in with these limitations to do what you can do so what you are in control of and so if I was starting Unleash Extraordinary from scratch or starting any business from scratch, or starting a job search, but couldn't really leave the house being someone that's shielding, I'd almost look to how can I work on elements of myself that will pay off when the world is a bit more free again. So mm. how can I build confidence interviewing for jobs? How can I do the research that allows me to, you know, send in something that feels really personalized? Or how can I speak to people over the phone and have that connection still to be getting feedback on my business idea or, you know, be creating content in a way that I can right now to then be starting to put it out there and build that almost compound interest on a little bit that we do every day. You know, in I remember this at the beginning of the first lockdown, actually in March, I put something out on Instagram, which was, you know, almost imagine what could be, this is probably a bit too optimistic of me, but, you know, imagine in three months what you want life to look like. Mm-hmm. knowing that we had that time. And at the, at the time, I did have to shield for the 12 weeks. And I just thought to myself, what's something I could do every day that in 12 weeks' time, I would have done it for 12 weeks. So you know, if that's a weekly podcast, you're 12 episodes in. If that's however many videos, you're 12 videos in. If you're looking to build connections with people that could lead to jobs, that could be genuinely building a relationship so that when you're ready to apply – that relationship is there. So almost looking at if it feels like you can't really start in the way that you want to now, what's the little thing or kind of those small steps that you could be doing that would build up and really pay off when the world is a bit more free again.
0: And what is your advice on acceptance of the situation? Obviously, it's incredibly frustrating if there's something that you want to pursue and, you know, external factors are are stopping you from doing that. You know, for you, it's, it was obviously your diagnosis. And then again, that applies to the pandemic. So how do you kind of feel the, feel the fear of doing anyway it, within this framework of feeling frustrated and like the situation is really unfair? It's
1: a tough one, isn't it? Because I think when we feel that, and I felt that, both through this time, but also with my diagnosis, so much at the beginning where I was like angry at myself and, you know, angry that my own body had kind of Mm. morphed this thing. But I think the more that I stayed angry, I realized that ultimately I had a choice, like I could stay angry and just basically become this really angry, tense, stressed human who has this thing still, you know, that's not going to go away or I can choose to harness this as a positive and as something that could completely change my life for the better, actually. And one of the things that I shared on Instagram recently was about this idea of reframing by renaming the thing. And I shared this about the treatment that I get, because at first I had to start that every week and then it was every two weeks and now thank goodness three years later it's on every two months because of different clinical trials and things but at first I absolutely dreaded going for my treatment because I saw it as the thing that I had to have you know it was this thing that I had to go and have it every Tuesday afternoon this infusion of drug which keeps me alive and I resented it I felt frustrated towards it and I felt trapped by it until I realized that actually Jess like you're gonna have to do this Forever. So you can either Mm. feel annoyed and frustrated every Tuesday forever, or you can flip this even just in your mind to see how it positions it differently and how your feelings towards it change. And so I started calling it my Superwoman Juice Mm. because then I actually now look forward to it, which is the weirdest thing because instead of dreading it going into my body, I now want it because it gives me energy and it also gives me that reminder that this is something that I have and it gives me that time to stop, pause. Face my mortality. And again, although that's maybe a little bit different to the pandemic that we're in at the moment, where logistically things, you know, we're restricted about travel and meeting people and things. But I'd really say that if you find yourself in a position where you're just feeling really negative and you feel yourself spiraling with frustration about the situation we're in, how could you look, as hard as it can feel to kind of swallow this, again, cliche in the moment of feeling really frustrated, how could you rename? what's happening maybe it's renaming the job search to something that feels a little bit more fun and a little bit more inspiring or you know renaming something that you've got to do that you're resisting because of the situation we're in so that it feels like it shifts its being in your mind from this negative to a positive as much as possible. I suppose it's something
0: like we've we've been laughing in the office about how it's like another 48 nights on on the sofa with the husband doing not much else and how boring that is so perhaps that's lovely family time or something like that right exactly
1: (laughs) finding you know it is the cliche of the silver lining but I think if we're trying to like wish time away it is our most precious thing. Like we, mm. It's the one thing we spend and we never get it back. So as much as I'm definitely guilty of wishing that we are in the summer already, all vaccinated and, you know, having the holidays we want. At the moment, me wishing that away is just wasted energy because I can't mm. take us there, sadly. You know, and so actually what I could do is use this as time to do things that I've been putting off or, you know, to really almost build Maybe it's new habits, you know, going back to that idea of a little bit every day related to things or, as you say, time where we think, oh, not another 48 nights. It's now, oh, actually, it's, it's another 48 nights. And, mm. you know, when this is done, I hope we're never in a situation like this again. But that will come with all of the positives that we've got from this time of like a daily walk meaning so much. And, mm. you know, the sky is feeling quiet and it all feeling weirdly peaceful, but also terrifying you know, but that noise of life from before is going to come back again. And I bet you there'll be times where if we just get back to the treadmills that we were on before, we'll wish we had that time to pause and reset. And now is that time. So yeah, reframing by renaming is what I'd suggest.
0: Jess, you've got a podcast as well. And so talk to us about that. What if for people who haven't listened, what's it about? What can you take away from it? And are there any specific episodes you'd recommend?
1: Good question. So it's called the Ideas Coach Podcast and it's wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and it's a weekly podcast. It goes out every Tuesday. They're always short and sweet episodes. So the last one that went out last week was 11 minutes. And I just try to really be, I guess, that little bit of a boost in somebody's week to share practical tips, but also lessons that I've learned from my experience. And the last episode that I shared, episode 90, was very much about these two questions that when I was faced with my diagnosis helped me get the clarity that I was craving, which could be relevant for the people that you've mentioned who are feeling frustrated and stuck right now, but don't know where to turn. And just sharing little snippets, really, so that people can listen, but then take immediate action from it and I always try and hope to just leave people feeling a little bit positive, inspired but also focused and ready to take action because it's all about getting clarity on what you want and then making that happen and keeping you company on the journey of doing so with the with the check-ins every week as a Tuesday weekly episode
0: fab thank you so much Jess um, if people thank want to you. know more about the Ideas Coach or Unleash Extraordinary where do they go what do they look yes. for
1: so you can head to theideascoach.com and you'll find everything you need from there you can get to the podcast And my weekly newsletter from there, as well as to Unleash Your Extraordinary, which would be theideascoach.com forward slash unleash. And then I also have a little gift for listeners, which is that if they do want to take up the course or are curious about it, they can use the code SheerLux, which will give them 20% off. But if they head to my website, really, you'll find everything you need from there. Amazing.
0: Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you for joining thank us, you. hopefully. Thank you for having we me. We can see you again soon, one day in less yeah. restrictive times. In real life. Thank you, Jess, for joining us. And thank you all for listening. If you have any feedback at all, please do email podcast at com. We do love hearing from you. Don't forget also to rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. Bye bye.